time it is you heard the theme song yeah it's scaring and sharing you want a podcast where we share spooky news frightful views with both one another and you about all things horror well guess what you're in the right place yep you found it yep here we are i'm with jeremy the original sasquatch slim rusk and i am with brandy joe the flaming scream queen plan that's right we are here we like to talk about horror movie chit chat and then we assign the other person a movie they've not seen before and then we go away and watch those movies and then we come back and we talk about them with you yeah and if you don't want to hear the chit chat you can look at the podcast notes and skip ahead i'm getting all, all the stuff up front because i usually get too carried away and i say it later but yeah but there it is it out all, there all up front very professional all up front uh, we we are up front we are personal we're up close and personal with <laughs> melanie not melanie griffith who was in that make not make right <laughs> michelle fiver michelle, there you go there you go you were my strength when i was weak <laughs> It's never too early for, I was going to say a rom-com, but there's death and destruction in that film. Maybe not yeah. destruction. Because well, death destructs you. I was going to say we are, what is it, extremely loud and extremely close. <laughs> <laughs> that was like about 9-11 or something like oh, that. Oh, was that it? Be. Yeah, so. Oh, no, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Moving I mean, on. I hope no one is like, I like 9-11, but yeah, no, it's. It's not a, a, a good time. Um, Jeremy, how the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm obviously spicy today. Uh, you know? Yeah. That's that's what happens <laughs> with life. Um, I watched the Dead Meat Awards. Have you ever watched them? I think this is their second annual. No, I didn't watch them. I've heard. Of, I think I heard of it uh, oh. last year. If this is only the second annual, I do think yes. I heard heard that name last year. And I, they, I didn't watch it the first go around, but this time they said like, "Oh, we've you know upped the production value. They're filming. I can't remember where they filmed in some like creepy museum or something. Mm-hmm. But the production value is great, and it is so freaking awesome. It is so so good because there's tons of little like every um category like they have lots of really good categories like you know best villain um best digital effects best practical effects best kill best remake or sequel like there's lots of like just awesome stuff for us horror lovers and each category when they do the nominations they spend some time with each um nominee and talk mm-hmm. about whatever like how it came about or like if it's practical effects they talk about you know what went into them and it's it was like i will watch that over the oscars every year now the oscars oh. are boring and long this was like an hour and a half and like yeah. the most exciting hour and a half ever cool yeah. there was only like one or two things in there that i have not seen so but like definitely lots of spoilery stuff so you want to go into it watching as much as possible, which might be why they wait until like March to do it for the previous gotcha. year. Any any big winners that I'm not going to divulge? You, you don't you don't want to divulge? Oh my god! Okay, wow. Um, they did talk about with smile. They called it like a chain mail horror film, uh-huh. which 
is interesting because there's lots of films kind of like that. Like you could almost say like It Follows and Truth or Dare. And I just have never thought of them as that sort of a genre, but it makes sense like that it passes along like you know, a transmittable like, sort of thing. Like those old MySpace messages you would get that oh, were like, I remember literally share this MySpace. or you will die. There was, I remember literally getting them in the mail. And you oh, would yeah? have to, like, it was, you would need to write multiple physical letters and send them to people. I oh remember getting God. a couple of those. Like, that's, I'm that old. That's I'm bonkers. So old. K-mail came in the mail. But I bet there's someone who's so old, they got chain mail in there, you know, as a telegram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I bet it started back in the days of stagecoaches. <laughs> by horse mail or whatever it was called what was yep. that called when the they pony would express the pony express <laughs> i want to see a chain mail horror film set in those days please <laughs> and if, if no one does it let's do it let's write it the other interesting thing yes i'm all on board sorry um the other interesting thing nick foley was one of the presenters because they mm -hmm. like all like zoomed in for presenting, which was great. Because like Mike Flanagan, I think did did best film. I want to say, um, and I fucking love. I'm a big old Flanagan. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a term coined by it's only a podcast. I think, but that's me through and through. But Nick Foley was on, and he talked about uh, he uh, presented for best stunt, mm -hmm. best stunt person. I can't remember exact best stunts. I think was the category. And they also had a fan favorite category. But Nick Foley talked about how he lost his ear doing a stunt. Yeah, Mick Foley. Ma I wrote down Nick. I wonder if it autocorrected. Thank you. Sorry, yep, Mick been. Foley. Yes. Mick Foley, mankind himself. Yeah, do you know the story behind that? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It was a uh, uh, some exhibition like wrestling match. I think it was in Japan, I want to say, because it's what they used to call Japanese death matches. Oh, because um, those were like, you know, they throw thumbtacks in the ring and they're using like barbed wire and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he got his head caught in the uh, <gasps> the ropes. Um, and, and he said that at this particular match, because of the like, you know, the sensational nature of it being Japanese death statue, death match style, the ropes were actually like elevator cables. Oh. Like around the ring. So they were these steel like ropes. So he got his head stuck in there and like pulling himself out. He like sliced his ear off with it because it just took it right off, like part of his ear off. Ooh. He yeah. also talked about how he has like teeth in his nose from yeah. another stunt that's gone wrong, which I imagine meant that they got like pushed up. Yeah, right pushed there. up and they're stuck in oh, there now. My yeah. God, that is so horrifying. Yeah, yeah. he's probably got to be like the most the wrestler that put himself like most in harm's way, I think for the sake of, you know, matches and just the stunts they did and the promotions they did. Cause he did some crazy stuff. He should probably be dead a couple times over, but somehow he's still alive and still with us. And Kane Hodder got like lit on fire, right? Yes. Like he caught on fire. And that was an accident. That wasn't supposed to happen. Right. From what yeah. I understand. But like yeah. it was like a stunt that went mm -hmm. awry. Horribly wrong. Yeah. So he's badly, um, I know he's like opened up about that in the past. You used to see him. He'd always wear gloves, like mm. leather, leather gloves on his hands when he'd make appearances. And that's because his hands are very visibly scarred from the fire. But uh, I notice he's kind of uh, opened up more about that and just been more visible about it as a survivor of that accident. So I have a dear friend who 
his like the the barbecue like the the propane tank like caught him completely on fire and he's Holy as far shit. as i know fully recovered i mean he has no visible scars but he was on like, fire was yeah on fire wow, and that's like went through some serious rehab but but yeah that's... i mean i've been spending time with him a lot lately and i'm i've never noticed it and he's still just the sweetest person you'll 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 ever meet in your life so it didn't it didn't um burn his spirit either that's good I'm glad he's still with us yes of course I would totally watch a film stunts gone awry talking about like with people telling stories and I bet there's some footage of when things went sort of crazy and so I would watch that. I'm sick like that. Oh yeah, no, I think you can find footage. For example, Mick Foley, I think that matches out there. Like I think you could watch part of it. I don't think you can see anything in gratuitous detail, but I'm pretty sure it's out there like the the specific match that was. Uh, and I know I was talking about the Dead Meat Awards. I highly recommend watching it. It is on YouTube, and I always forget about this until someone tells me, because I got YouTube Premium when I was watching Degrassi back in the day, and I think I mentioned it on here, but YouTube Premium is worth it if you watch as much YouTube as I do. Okay. Because I hate commercials, and I always forget that if someone doesn't have it, they have to deal with the commercials on YouTube now. Uh -huh. Um I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of those list videos. I watch old movies that are on there nowhere else. And the Dead Meat Awards are an hour and a half, so I bet there's lots of really annoying commercials in there. So Probably are. I'm not being paid by YouTube, but I highly recommend YouTube <laughs> Premium. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because you sound like a, as you were talking about getting chain mail in the mail, you're old enough to remember that, but it's like, <laughs> I'm still desensitized from growing up watching broadcast television. Like, mm -mm. commercials do not still do not phase me all that much like when uh, they pop up i'm just like yeah this is how it was all the time kids like <laughs> we're just oh used God. to it i hate them so so much yeah that's so that's so funny that you've moved so beyond commercials yeah and i think in the awards i think they mentioned that there were 167 movies for them to consider this year wow. or for 2022 which is insane and awesome that's a, that's a lot of movies yeah there like there was so much good stuff like i was just like oh how is this not nominated oh because of this and this and this and this and how good those ones are mm -hmm. and also hard out to james janice and his family his dad just passed away mm -hmm. he had a video up on his youtube channel he's been spending a lot of time here in michigan so if you run into him you know just give him a hug um, I mean, ask first. Yeah, you know? don't Con just approach people. Consent guys. is sexy, okay? Yeah, yeah, you need uh, to respect people's autonomy. Yes, that's right. Um, I have not a lick of news. Do you have any? No, I don't either. I kind of shot my shot last episode, and I haven't seen <laughs> too much interesting things pop up. Well, let's get to our telegrams. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Do you want to kick us off or do you want me to dive on in? I can start. All right. Uh, and we got a telegram from Lauren, who uh, has been writing consistently. And for that, we deeply appreciate you, Lauren. We sure do, Lauren. Uh, and Lauren writes, came across something on Amazon Prime that's called All Eyes. Uh, and then there's a little description of it that goes, a disgraced podcast stumbles upon an eccentric farmer who claims to have a monster living in the woods near his house. And then Lauren writes, while I enjoyed a good found footage story, uh, I'm glad they didn't go that route with this one. Okay, mm. so it's not found footage. It sounds like it could be, but that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Lauren continues, found an old Italian gem called Hell of the Living Dead on Amazon Prime. 
classic Italian 1980 zombie flick complete with grainy African safari stock footage, painfully dramatic dubbing, and zombie makeup that belongs in a middle school play. Oh, and about a half a dozen alternative titles. Um, and <laughs> Have I, you seen that? I, I want to say it is in uh, Beyond the Darkness 3. They do talk about Hell of the Living Dead. It's one of the ones that's in there. Okay. Um, and or, or what is it? In Search of Darkness, sorry, okay, not Beyond like, the Darkness. I don't know what that is. Not Beyond the Darkness, sorry. In Search of Darkness 3. <laughs> yes, it's I think in you're there. Right. It's in there. Uh, and I have heard of this one. My buddy James is a huge fan of Italian zombie movies. So I've like seen at least bits and pieces of many of them with him. And I think this is one of them. Um, and it, it's so, like, you know, we watched Zombie, Lucio Fulci's Zombie, which I think is kind of like, that's like top quality for an Italian zombie movie. They like tend to just go down from there. Like yeah. as you start to explore that genre. So, yeah. Uh, so these are pretty, these get pretty wild and pretty weird. And that's what I remember about hell of the living dead. Uh, anyway, continuing Lauren continues. Given the ending in Just Before Dawn, you'll appreciate the climactic death in hell of the living dead. And it's full of dramatic synth scores throughout the movie. Uh, that help keep it amusing. Uh, another vein off the product placement is the fake products. The fake search engines are often hilariously named. <laughs> why do people on TV use blatantly fictitious and janky looking search engines when Google exists? Like, why can't they even use Bing? Well, for starters, using Google on a television show can be a hassle for, for, for producers. You have to submit a request to the company, provide a synopsis of the production, a description of how Google will be used, a production script, and even mock-ups of how Google will look on screen. Google also doesn't want its products used in association with crime, adult content, or other negative activities. I like how they don't want it used in, you know, association with adult content, which I'm sure like a billion people right now across the earth are doing that right now on Google, finding uh -huh. adult content oh, yeah. with it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of funny. It reminds me of, that makes sense though. I know there's a lot of products out there, like Apple is one of them where criminals are not allowed to use Apple, Apple products in television or movie productions. So that's like the old chestnut where like, if you pay attention, you might notice all the good guys have iPhones and all the bad guys have Androids That's or the so characters weird. that turn out to be bad guys have some sort of non Apple product as their phone. So that is so bizarre mm -hmm. and interesting. I pulling up posters because Lauren sent some over um, via Instagram. Please follow us. Scaring and sharing on one word. Uh, I remember like multiple posters of this particular movie, the gates of hell. Mm hmm. Night of, well, then it has different names, like Night of the Zombies or Hell of the Living Dead. But I remember all these fucking posters. Yes. Yeah. So it's vividly. one of those like so many of them get released. And then they like, I don't know if it was like distributors in the US thinking they could like maximize their profit by like releasing it. And then like, you know, later re-releasing it on video again with a different title. <laughs> people mm -hmm. would like forget it again, about it forget about it and then watch the same movie again like i don't think if, if that was something they were trying to do with a lot of these so that is so funny and yeah i want to see i'm sure there's got to be something out there like a super cut of like all of the fake search engines and what their names are yes <laughs> because i bet there's some good ones some really good ones in there and also right as we start recording lauren sent over some chud acronyms wrong answers only which i requested the last episode one is clueless hamsters undermining democracy <laughs> Contagious honking umbrella ducks, 
comically harsh, unattainable demands. Oh, I know those all too well. And then her daughter's <laughs> submission, Tessa, crazy husband under distress. Oh, now that's just something that's too too vivid in the world. Yeah, that's too real. Stop. <laughs> that's too real, Taz. No. That, that hits close to home. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing in, Lauren. And I, yeah, maybe we'll just have to check yeah. out that, that weird little zombie movie at some point. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, what was it? It's contaminated hazardous urban uh disposal or something like that is what i think i was trying to remember that chud was supposed to be in the movie okay yeah or like yeah it's like contaminated hazardous material urban disposal or something like that so weird okay all right and then we have a telegram from teacher drew and yeah. Teacher Drew writes, hey, guys, another great episode. It's always a pleasure catching your podcast. When your next one releases, I'll be listening in Seattle, land of my birth. Mm. I had to chime in about your X versus Pearl conversation. I liked them both, but I agree that Pearl was my favorite. Mia Goth was brilliant and got me to sympathize with the character in a way that surprised me. About your horror movies gone Broadway discussion, my mind went instantly to Human Centipede and Reanimator. Big, big old grinning smiley face. Hear me out. The first was back on my radar because a friend actually got his mom to watch it with him. Wow. She was shocked, appalled, and traumatized. A musical version would be a darkly twisted good time. As for Reanimator, the thought of a singing head just brings me great joy. I recently caught up with I See You. What a surprise. The twist was really interesting, and though not a perfect movie, I enjoyed it. Glad to hear you give Last Shift some love. It's just creepy enough to be worth the watch. I am off to see Dungeons & Dragons. Shout out to Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, Oh, to be in college again and play it all night with my dorm. Well, my friends, that's all for now. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Yeah, thanks, Teacher Drew. Yeah, I can't wait to go see the Dungeons & Dragons movie. I got to get like a group together. And also, after we finish recording, I'm going to play Dungeons & Dragons. Of course you are. I feel like there is a Human Centipede musical. I mean, nothing like big. Yeah, but but some sort of... I feel like I remember... That someone did it somewhere. Some sort of small production of some kind. There is Human Centipede the Musical. I'm going to send this to Teacher Drew right now. Cool. And I feel like Reanimator would be an awesome stage show. Yeah, like in the vein of Evil Dead the Musical. Yeah, like you could do, like, because Reanimator is one of those movies where it is just a small enough production like you know it's got a lot of cool special effects and all that in there but they kept it tight enough that you could transplant that as a stage play like you could you know it's got a small enough cast um you know limited enough locations you could totally turn that into a stage production and guess what (laughs) it is (laughs) yeah it's online as well i'm sending that link to teacher drew as well if anyone wants these just hit us up on instagram i will send them over to you i mean really anymore just anything you imagine it's out there (laughs) yeah man i i love reanimator i feel like we haven't talked about that one enough like him mentioning that's like wow yeah reanimator i haven't watched that in a while i love that flick yeah, I watched it and didn't think I'd like it and did. And so I'll watch it again sometime. And plus, yeah. like, I remember here, I know we talked about it on here when Barbara Crampton talked about it on um, 
on in search of darkness or beyond the darkness as you like to <laughs> call I accidentally it. called it which i think i think beyond <laughs> the darkness is an old italian that, horror movie. it sounds like one yeah um but in that i remember her talking about like if she would have known what she knows now she probably wouldn't have done the scene like she did yeah exactly which makes me sad but but yeah but you know but I people, people can grow and change and oh, we yeah and we have sure. these yeah and we have these relics of other eras so yeah um and you She's did so en- gorgeous. From what I remember, you did enjoy From Beyond. So, you know. Me? Right? Yeah, right? Which one? From Beyond. <laughs> did you give it to me? Yeah, a long time ago. It was like one of our first episodes. Wait, oh, From Beyond with the stretched out face on the cover. Yeah. Yes, I did love From Beyond. Yeah, because well, love it w- may be strong, but I liked it. It was all the same, uh, you know. Yes, director and the same director and crew as Reanimator. Yep. yep. So, which is now making me think they should do From Beyond. As a stage show, you could do something similar well, with that. Double check. Look. <laughs> Double check it from beyond. I don't think that one's as well known. No, so it, it, that I'm going to say that's not slightly more cult. No, than... I don't get an instant Google. I get Beyond Broadway, the joyful off Broadway musical Sistas. That was the first thing that came up. I don't think that's it. Um, Zombies from Beyond, which I've heard is a great musical. That's also not it. And Batman the musical. That is not it. All right. Well, I'm going to work um, at it from beyond the musical. Yep, you got well, there's, it. There's going to be a guy in a giant rubbery blob <laughs> thing costume singing. That's what I envision. But those are awesome. I'm going to have to check out those musicals I just sent over to Teacher Drew. Excellent. Because um, I, I agree. I know that Evil Dead, sort of, Evil Dead the musicals had a little bit of a resurgence because MTI just picked it up and it used to be with dramatists or something oh okay writing places so it's now available worldwide is like the big change oh Um, so so people are gonna it's gonna be everywhere now which is i mean it has been worldwide i just don't know if those were very specific special performances because i know i watched an asian production somewhere that was looked so fun like it was it was early early on in its um inception so it was definitely like a special thing but it looked so like the effects and everything were just brilliant that's a sort of sort of sort of show that you can really get away with either it being like having a lot of money to do it or no money putting in a lot of creativity because that's the the spirit of of the original movie so that's how they did it yeah exactly so uh, I went to the movies last night and saw Malum. Oh, you did see it? Okay. I did with my friend Miles. Uh-huh. A lot, some things that I thought would be better from last shift, they actually did do. Like there is a tie-in with her and the cult, which was one of oh, my you, one of your gripes. Suggestions yeah. or whatever that I thought that would but it didn't it, I didn't find it fully successful. I oh. did love the lead actress, and it was super bloody. And had less of those, you know, 2014 horror effects. But I think I jumped four times and I gasped twice. Wow. I know. So I think it's worth a watch. I don't know that you need to go to the cinema unless you're a Stubbs member and you have some some tickets to burn. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. And then they showed trailers for the Pope's Exorcist mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. And then there's another one coming out. And I can't remember the fucking name of it, but it comes out the same day. And it's like, I'd never seen, and I didn't watch, I listened to the trailer, but like this guy's on like death row and he's saying he's a demon. And so like they bring in this guy to like decide if he's really like insane or not, if he should, they should go through with him being like, um, like put to death. Mm. And, and it looks really interesting. And I'm like, they come out the same day. I might have to have a demonic duo. Yeah. That demonic weekend to double go feature. Bo- yeah. Demonic double feature. So I think I'm going to make that happen because 
That sounds like a fun day at the cinema. Yeah. I also yeah. saw the Pope's Exorcist trailer last night, which what I was like. What did you go see? Uh, or did you just watch from home? No, I went to the movies, me and my brother. and uh, You didn't my... see Dungeons and Dragons? No, we didn't see Dungeons and Dragons. We saw John Wick 4. Oh, of course you did. And I would be remiss <laughs> not to give that a shout out because it was awesome. If you're into that series, you got to see 4. It might be the best one of the whole series if you're into it. Okay. Um, I'm all about Keanu at this point. Like I'm part of the cult of Keanu Reeves that's out there, which is like fascinating that it's not even about him like the actor. It's about him just like the nice guy that he is. So as long as like his only job now is to just not fuck that up. Like do not have any horrible skeletons in your closet that come <laughs> out because you are like the nicest guy in Hollywood right now. That's like how everyone sees it. So just keep making fun movies and being a cool dude. And I think I told you I saw him at a restaurant in New York City. He no, was sitting you right, didn't. He was sitting right next to us. The dinner that um, that Harry Potter bought for us, um, Daniel Radcliffe, that dinner when I went, uh, he was sitting right next to us. You haven't told me any of this. <laughs> I haven't. No. Okay, well, I'm, uh, some of this is a little um, over-dramatized. Yeah. Uh, so my college roommate, Jenny, her husband, Brian, was in the off-Broadway smash hit, Merrily We Roll Along. Uh-huh. And... Um, one of our friends, Jeff, got us tickets, which they were like a super hard ticket to get. But he had some some connects and he like got them for us. So when we went to New York in December, we went to go see it. And I went out to dinner with Jenny and Brian and their family um, before we went and saw the show. And while we were eating, Jenny's like, I, you know, we went to pay or something. And I and I was like, how much do, you know, do I owe? And she's like, oh, no, no, it's it's on us. Actually, it's on Daniel Radcliffe. And I was like, wait, what? Because he was in the show. Oh, OK. And he on opening night got every single person in the cast a gift certificate or gift card for this restaurant. How cool is that? I know. Isn't that like he said that Daniel Radcliffe was like the nicest guy in the entire world. There you go. I've heard he's a he's a very nice guy, too. I've heard true mensch. So love that. And then while we're sitting there eating, all of a sudden, Jenny's like, Keanu Reeves just sat down right next to us. And I look over and sure shit, there's Keanu Reeves immediately to my right, sitting there with a girl. And I was like, wow, this is wow. This is one of the coolest dinners ever. <laughs> yeah, I would probably have an out-of-body experience because, like, yeah. he's one of the big ones. Like, I'm I'm one of those ride-or-dies for Keanu when the world was like, he's a terrible actor and, like, all hated him for a minute years ago. I was still like, I like him. He's fun. <laughs> I grew up with Bill and Ted. Come on, guys. Like, he is, he, he's, he's a special guy. He is. I loved him in Parenthood, too. He was so good with Martha Plimpton. They were such a yeah. cute little couple. And of course, this John Wick series has been like, you know, a re- he's perfect for the role. It's been like a rejuvenation of his career. So it's fun to see him have that moment right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad for him. Yeah. So and we also, could... I, I just have to top things off. Then we sat next to Graham Norton at the show. <laughs> really? Like seats down from us. Okay. Yes. I, I like him, too. He's funny. So yeah, it was a it was a it was a really cool night, and then the show was just like absolutely fucking brilliant. Like that's it was, cool. It was just like an amazing night. What like, an see amazing friends. Daniel Radcliffe yeah. buys your dinner. You see Keanu Reeves, and then you sit next to Graham Norton. And this was all in New York, you said. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. See, this is like I've been to New York City so many times, and I've never seen a famous person there. Like everyone's always like, <laughs> you're gonna see like so many. People you recognize from television, movies, stage, like everywhere you go. And never once have I seen anyone like that. I'm like, oh, so cool. You know what I mean? So 
I've lucked out. Our very first trip there, we were waiting for the subway. This was, you know, almost 20 years ago, 19 years ago, or maybe 20 years ago now. It might have been this exact time. And we saw Ethan Hawke down in the subway. <laughs> cool. I was like, that looks like Ethan Hawke. And Joe's like, that is Ethan Hawke. That is Ethan Hawke. And then you <laughs> watched him. in the train. <laughs> and then even back then, he put on the mask from Black Phone. You're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he's, he's up to something. Uh, that is funny. Um, so that movie that I didn't know the name of with uh, the guy getting um, on death row with the demon is called Nefarious. Nefarious. And of, course, of course it is, because, you know, Insidious, Nefarious, whatever. There's lots of, they have to use all those. Just like the Pope's Exorcist, the font they used looks like the exorcist font but they and yes. i was like oh come on guys you're like not even gonna act like you're not playing off of the exorcist but whatever <laughs> but yeah so it was fun to go to the movies it's always fun i went to a, like a 10 o'clock show like in the oh I my know. god and i was like my my buddy dennis was like can we go to the 8 45 and i'm like actually can we go earlier because <laughs> i don't think fun. i could stay awake through a movie that late because i'm I only yeah i only briefly got tired but luckily it was you know it's yep. a fright fest so you just sort of it keeps the the ball rolling there you go but yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I and then I got home and I you know was a little jacked up on Coke Zero. Um, yeah, and that's I my tried... problem. I was jacked up on <laughs> the giant icy I drank, and then I couldn't sure. fall asleep last night. <laughs> and I tried to watch Children of the Corn too. Oh, and yeah. it's it's like deliciously bad, but I still was like, yeah, no, no, the, I, I fell mean, asleep. The original Children of the Corn is not even a good movie, no. really. Like no. it's just a fun, you know, cult throwback. Whereas like. From there, the drop off is like maybe even worse than Hellraiser. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe I those are so. fighting words, but I feel like Hellraiser oh. stayed. I mean, well, Hellraiser is good at all. The first two are great. The first two are great. Three is at least mediocre. <laughs> like it's watchable. It's not terrible yet. And then from four, it's just a steep slide downhill for a long time. Whereas, uh, yeah, Children of the Court, I think from the first one, it's like okay <laughs> then just immediately downhill yeah so yeah now that i think about it both of them i think were owned by miramax and dimension films like hellraiser and children of the corn so maybe that speaks, i think you're right maybe yeah. that speaks to their production ideas <laughs> so. and the poster for children of the corn too like there was the video box that i remember but the poster itself looks like the lawnmower man Mm, okay. Remember that movie, which was so bad. That's and again, horrible. nothing like the the short story. Like a totally different, like and only I, in name. I remember people are trying to reclaim Lawnmower Man. Like no. they're like, no, this is not Halloween no. three. <laughs> it's not a forgotten classic. So yeah, no, it, it's so bad. But yeah, that poster I pulled it up last night of Children of the Corn two, and I was like, what? Yeah, I'm trying like, to remember. So I gotta look weird. it up. Because the one that's popping in my head, I think, is actually Children of the Corn 4. I mean, most of them is just a kid with a sickle. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the one I remember. They're, that's most of them. Yeah. But yeah, Children of the Corn 2 has this, like, weird face, like, down at the bottom. It's, like, blue. And then, like, these kids on top of it with, like, like these shadows of the children with their giant sickle. Yeah. Um, but the girl who plays Carrie in Days of Our Lives, Christy Clark, she's in it. And that was the only fun part. But I fell asleep and I didn't want to go back and watch it. So, yeah, yeah, I know that like one, two and three 
are the ones that people like appreciate if there's any you know the, the fandom specifically for children yeah. of the corn is just for i think those like first three movies at best yeah <laughs> and, yeah yeah so but yeah i i understand two and three are like so bad they're good sort of like if you're gonna enjoy them that's the mindset mm-hmm. you have to have so and i just looked up christy clark who i again i said played carrie brady in days of our lives she was in 1619 episodes of that show can you imagine whoa <laughs> i cannot fathom being in a show for that long and doing that many episodes that well, is insane. and that's the thing with soaps though because you know they they they're on every day <laughs> a new episode every single weekday so it's like i can see how you can rack that up real quick um and i don't think they have the normal season breaks do they like no they do different th- i think they have maybe an occasional my husband used to watch guiding light i got into that with him a little bit before it was gone and i think now he watches general hospital yeah he likes a, a good soap just my- to have to burn through yeah my aunt loved general hospital she used to watch that and then i used to watch <laughs> The one office I worked at for years and uh, whenever I took lunch in the cafeteria, they'd have the TV on and it was always on whatever channel was playing the soaps. So while I ate lunch, I would uh, uh, half pay attention to it's the one with patch. It was the guy with the eye patch. I don't remember which one days of our lives. I think that might be days of our lives. I used to watch that patch had some crazy adventures. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. And of course, I always loved it when there were horror elements like Marlena was possessed by the devil. I think she's been possessed by the devil a couple of times, at least two. And when that happened way back in the day, that was insane. And she also she came back from the dead like she was thought to be dead. And that's like when I really remember it watching as a kid. I mean, this must have been the 80s or the very early 90s. And I just remember like her coming back from the dead and like people like it was like, is that Marlena? I thought she was dead. And then Passions. Do you remember that show Passions? No. It had like a little a little person in it and his name was Timmy. There was like witches and I mean, it was all sorts of supernaturally weird. I want to say that's what it's called. Now I'm doubting myself, but I'm pretty sure it's called Passions. But there were all sorts of horror elements to it. I mean, I would watch, um, you know, reruns of Dark Shadows, of course, as a as a kid, which, you know, the famous vampire soap opera. So, oh, yeah. And that was literally but that wasn't like an everyday sort of soap, right? No, I don't think it was every day, but I don't recall. But yeah, I know that's referred to as a soap opera sometimes. I mean, yeah, it totally I think Passions is. is the most horror-ish sort of thing. And I may be totally wrong. I just remember, I feel like his, I don't know if it was his mom or his keeper or what she was, but I feel like she was a witch. I just remember there were lots of witchy things on that show. Also, I just checked, yes, Patch was in Days of Our okay. Lives. So that's yeah. what I used to watch was Days of Our Lives. <laughs> While I was eating lunch. Um, and also Tobin Bell was in it for a minute. That's Weird, what I remember. Uh, yeah. I was like, Jigsaw. Like he played a bad guy that's in some so wild. in some story arc. So that's it's always fun to watch. Like, I feel like you don't see it a lot, but sometimes like a movie actor crosses over to the soap world. And like that's how James like, Franco just recently-ish yeah, was like, it, I'm going to go do a soap for a while. I'm yeah, like, that he is did, so he weird. Did, he did General Hospital for a minute for some reason. So, so it's bizarre. like, yeah, yeah, what a strange thing. But it happens. So Yeah, they might, like for him, I'm sure he's like, I just want to go check it out. Yep. See what it's like. And it's and like, I, okay. I'm sure for Tobin Bell, it was just, that was an offer that came in. <laughs> do you want to do the story arc on Days of Our Lives? So um, All right. Well, soap operas, please, if the, I, I'm sure there's, 
elements of other soaps that I bet my husband knows plenty of them. So Joe, write in. Um, anyone else? I would love to know some some crazy horror themed soap opera. Yeah, I mean, lines. technically, Twin Peaks is based on soap operas. It's not a true soap opera itself, but it is supposed to play like a soap. Okay. Like that was the inspiration. So sometimes I know people I've I've recommended to Twin Peaks to people and they've checked it out and been like, what what's going on with this? Like, why does it feel so like? you know stilted in a way and it's like yeah it's designed to play like a soap opera that's why okay part part of the strangeness of it so interesting yep anyway anything else should we get to our shares yeah let's get to the shares let's okay. do the shares it's me first and i'm gonna give you an 80s movie yeah that's my bread and, bread and butter right I there know. and i think you recently mentioned not seeing this and it just popped out uh, to me when i looked at the list of things mm-hmm. that i have and that is alone in the dark yeah okay i'm very excited to watch this like i (laughs) i know plenty about it at this point like man i'm coming full circle here i remember reading about this movie as a teenager um when i was like getting into like slasher movies and more hardcore horror and it would come up as this like lost classic where people are like it's like what are the greatest slashers but it's notoriously unavailable on um you know home video hard to find for whatever reasons uh i know it's got like uh oh god uh donald pleasance is in it and uh jack palance i believe um and uh oh god what's his name i can see his face but it's escaping me anyway a bunch of famous actors that are like more well, not Donald Pleasance, but it's got actors in it that are more famous for not horror stuff doing this mm-hmm. horror movie that that's always interesting to see. Um, and I know it's like the the classic, you know, some unhinged, dangerous criminals break out of a psychiatric hospital and mayhem ensues. So I, I'm excited to uh, check that out. That old narrative. That old narrative. And if I'm correct... I do recall that this features a killer wearing a hockey goalie mask at some point pre Friday the 13th. Like this came out before Friday the 13th, if I remember, or at least before Jason had a hockey mask. So they 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 beat him to it, I think. So well, we shall see. We shall see because I don't remember. <laughs> yep. So I'm excited to see that. Cool. And what are you going to give me? Oh, we've been you know what? I feel like <laughs> I feel like I could just pull a fast one. <laughs> And give you something totally off the wall, but I feel like we've been building towards this by talking about it for several episodes now. So I'm going to bring our little uh, narrative to a satisfying conclusion. You get Chud 2, Bud the Chud. All right. And this is the moment where I want to go hit it. And then you start playing the Bud the Chud theme music <laughs> right there. But that's what I'm giving you. That's all I know about this movie is that theme song because Lauren sent it over and I enjoyed it. And I'm sure I'll be singing it. Um, so I know how the movie ends just with that song in the credits. And I know that you said it's like more zombie-ish than monster-ish. So I think a whole similar thing, but more zombies than monsters coming out of the manhole. I hope that the kill sequences are a little better. And um, I hope it's just a little more schlocky. Yeah, this is, this is going to be, this is an all 80s episode. So this is yeah. going to be, those are always fun. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But then Trent. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs>
We are. We're back. We're ready to do this. It was we're only gonna... seconds, but yeah, for you, but for us, it was millennia. Uh, but here we are. Um, we're gonna talk Weird. about the movie I gave Jeremy first, Alone in the Dark. And if you don't want to hear about that, you can look in the podcast notes and just go ahead to Chud too. I um, wanted to make a make a joke here and say I accidentally watched the Uve Bowl Alone in the Dark. Uh, is that the like, one based on the video game? Yeah, that's the video game one. That's okay. like you know super bad. But uh, no, I did watch the correct one. Did you watch that other one? Have you seen it? No, I've actually never seen it. I've just heard like all of Uve Bowl's movies. It's just like barely watchable. You know, who's <laughs> like, Uve Bowl? Uve Bowl. He's a German director, like uh, that. Um, independently made a bunch of video game adaptation movies like House of the Dead. Yeah, which uh, must be real bad. Yep, and Alone in the Dark and Postal and then like just a bunch of really bad action movies. Interesting. I, I, should... I like I like Ube though, like the like the flavoring mm-hmm. Ube, like an Ube sh- Ube shortbread cookie from Trader Joe's, which I think is seasonal or it just happened once and went away, but fuck, that was like the best cookie I've ever had in my life. And I have I get I get crumble cookies every week, okay? I have a subscription. <laughs> Whoa, you have a crumble cookie subscription? Uh yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is Joe and I split um a crumble cookie six days out of seven days of the week (laughs) wow that's nice so if you ever want to know how a flavor is we don't ever get the boring one we don't ever get chocolate chip but we do always or occasionally i'll get the pink frosted one because i still think that's one of the top tier when they have it is that frosting is so fucking good that's that's awesome cookies aside oh i was gonna say i would i i would do a subscription to like uh some types of meats or sausages or something if i could (laughs) I'm sure there is something. So Sarah, oh wait, she doesn't listen to our podcast. Never no, mind. she doesn't. No, I, I would. I should just go visit the farm, and my father-in-law always hooks me up with farm meat. So that sounds like a porn movie. It does, right, doesn't it? But you yep, know, it sounds like like X. Like don't the gay, don't gay Google version that. Of X. Don't Google that, or do Google it. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's get to this. Okay, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm having was fun. Me. I'm I'm the one who who went off on a tangy. On the Tangina. All right. So Alone in the Dark, directed by Jack Shoulder, and it came out in 1982. And the letterbox tagline reads, When the lights go out, the terror begins. Ah! <laughs> and the description is a quartet of murderous psychopaths break out of a mental hospital during a power blackout and lay siege to their doctor's house i just i couldn't even get through it because i read a quartet of murder psychopaths and i just imagined a barbershop quartet (laughs) and that would have been a really fun movie there is that scene where they're all like walking together shoulder to shoulder out of the place like and you could just throw in you know some snaps right there it would work totally turn into west side story Mm mm-hmm Okay, first of all, I just gotta say, one of my gripes is the poster. I don't think anyone wears jeans. Nope. But I do love the poster. I remember seeing it on the video box as a kid. Another one of those. There's so many. But this one, and I never wanted to watch it for some reason. So what did you think of this, Jeremy? This, uh, I thought was surprisingly, like, awesome. Like, I understand. I feel like people that are pushing this as, like, a forgotten uh, like slasher classic slasher or uh, or a horror classic uh, are correct. Like, I think this needs to be reevaluated and looked at some more. Um, you know, it's not like amazing. 
uh, and you've probably seen similar stuff before. But this thing's packed with awesome actors. Oh my uh, God, Jack that, Palance, Donald Pleasance, Martin Landau. Yeah, like Jesus Christ. No, these, Jesus Christ is not in it. But yeah, but these guys are not slack. Like these are like I said. I think in the first half I was correct in being like I feel like this thing is full of actors that are like actually renowned actors like outside of like horror. So like they really like Martin Landau is just amazing uh in his role uh jack palance is great in his role like it's just it works uh and i think this is another one of those cases of elevating the material by getting the appropriate uh like character actors to fill this thing out um but yeah no i had a blast with this weirdly i found it on youtube somebody uploaded the whole movie on youtube was the quality good it was like in 720p so pretty good not like not the highest high definition but watchable for sure it wasn't like a grainy video quality so i'm like oh cool um but yeah this thing was a blast yeah i think it's fun too it definitely is a little bit of a slow burn like it's not like your typical i mean it starts off with a bang and it makes sense yeah. that the guy who directed it directed nightmare on elm street too because mm-hmm. that opening scene feels like a freddy krueger movie <laughs> yes it does <laughs> like there's multiple scenes in other films i feel like nightmare on elm street four or five and also like in the remake like it just has it just feels like a freddy movie that, mm-hmm. that opening sequence and then it's a little dull for a while just some character development but i think it does a pretty good job at least with like you know your protagonist more so his family like his wife and his sister and his daughter his daughter's kind of annoying but i also appreciate that she doesn't look like a normal like um little kid you see in lots of movies like she's not cute Mm-hmm. I'm not calling her ugly or anything, but she looks like a little nerd. And I like that. I yeah, like it's not Hollywoodified. Yes. But yeah. she's a little sassy, a little um precocious, if you will. Yeah, and she totally just like, oh my God, that whole she sequence. She has some good lines. She's got some good lines, and the whole sequence with the, you know, the creeper character is like so uncomfortable, but she like holds her own where you're like, okay, I think she's gonna get out of this one. So, like, aside from, like, the description is pretty vague, but yes, there, there's this doctor who's taking care of these patients, and you sort of get to know four of them as your core, and Donald Pleasance is, like, their psychiatrist. Their psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And, but this doctor is new to them, and they the, the patients sort of create the story. I think it's Martin Landau creates the story. Is it Jack Palance? I can't remember. I think kind of playing off of each other. Yeah, like, oh, he must have killed our old doctor who they really liked. So there's a power outage one night and they all decide to go kill him for killing their doctor. Yeah, and they're all... Which is not true. The four of them are the violent offenders that are, like, kept away from, you know, under special supervision and all that. So you have the one who's affectionately called Fatty, who abused children molested yeah. children yep who they and refer then, to as a child molester right and then you have preacher who's martin landau who likes to start fires mm-hmm. and is very creepy he's has multiple scenes in terror in the aisles as his character he's the only one of all of these in terror in the aisles <laughs> like it's just all martin landau scenes there's like three or four of them yeah and then jack palance who's frank and what's his thing he is uh he has like severe post traumatic stress uh cuz he okay. was like a he was like a soldier uh okay. I think I think I can't remember because they refer to him as a POW when I was reading about it so I think whatever I'm assuming probably Vietnam is what they're going with or something like that but he okay. had 
uh, real bad experiences, whatever he was doing before. And then you have the bleeder who never shows his face. Yeah. Um, I can't remember a... what his story is, but he'll bleed when he kills people. Yeah. Or he's, something. A, he's straight up a serial killer is what they say that straight yeah. up a serial killer, which yeah. there's some fun twists and turns along the way with that. But yeah. as you called out in the first part, he does put on a hockey mask that doesn't look like a Jason mask, but yeah. still a hockey mask. Cause he also refuses to show his face. He doesn't want people to see his face. So he's always trying to hide right. it. Yep. So, okay, this movie brought up, so there's this big blackout, right? And everyone in this city goes fucking ape shit and starts like breaking into everything, looting, looting like crazy. <laughs> and I wondered where were you in that great blackout of like 22 or whatever? 2002. Oh, uh, 2002. Whatever it sounded weird when I said it. Yeah. Uh 2003. 2002 sounds right because I was in high school and it was over the summer. So it was summer break. I can tell you exactly where I was. Um, I was at my buddy James's house uh, and we were watching Cherry Falls on DVD. Gross. Uh, and it was like a scary scene. And all of a sudden the power went out <laughs> and we were just like, ah, there's a killer in the house. Um, but I was over at yeah James's house and uh, we went outside and we're like, that's weird. And noticed like the lights were out. Uh, everywhere so i was like well i guess i'll go home so i hopped on my bike and rode back to my parents house but quickly started to realize something was up because the power was out everywhere and then you know i caught how up long on the- was it out um days that's so weird we were in boston doing one of our porn plays making porn or my boyfriend the stripper one of those or both of them rather but I just remember hearing about it on the news, but then when we moved back here, I remember people talking about it because it was still sort of fresh in the memory of everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because it was not just like Detroit, right? Like there was, it was like a big grid. Yeah, it started, apparently the failure was actually in New York State somewhere. And then it like cascaded through the uh, interconnected uh, power systems, power grids. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure there must have been something like this, but I mean, everyone was just going crazy, breaking into stores and just like running out with all sorts of shit in this. Mm-hmm. I, I think that sounds kind of fun. Like we lost our power for like three or four days this past winter and it was rough because it was so fucking cold. Because it was I winter. Will, yeah, I will take it in the summer, not any day, because like I also love our my, you know, air conditioning. So mm-hmm. like being without that, but I'd much rather sleep hot than sleep freezing. Yeah, we we uh, I remember because the power stayed out for multiple days, but it was the summer but the house was still like so hot, even with all the windows open. We actually went over to my aunt's house uh, and slept there. One of the nights I remember because she had a, uh, uh, like a screen porch and there was actually like airflow back there. So I remember spending the night sleeping out on her porch just cause it was actually like comfortable there. Mm-hmm. That's that sounds a little wild. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an interesting line in here where they say, we don't call them psychopaths. We call them voyagers, Mm -hmm. which I like, but I also think that's an interesting conversation to have in the early eighties, like to say like the term psychopath is not a a great term. And I was reading that, uh, Donald Pleasance's character is actually based on a real doctor. Oh, Uh, there, there was an actual doctor that had uh, some more at the time that were considered unconventional views for treating um psychiatric disorders so he's actually based on that guy yeah but the movie just takes its time you get to know you know the the patients 
and the family, and then the blackout happens, and you think, oh, it's all going to go down, but it doesn't. Nope. It just gets set up, and then we go into a whole other day, yep. and there's like a, some protests that happen, and the mom and the guy's sister, um, so Tony and I can't remember what the, the wife's name is, um, but they, they get arrested and then come home with, like, a guy that they met in jail who also got arrested, who was really kind to them, Tom. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, a hottie. And he comes home with them. And then, like, and then shit starts to go down. So, like, there's little things along the way. Like, at one point, the babysitter gets um, murdered. And that's, like, kind of a fun scene. There's, like, knives coming up from under the bed and stuff. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Um and I like the sister. Like, I like that you don't really know what happened with her. Like, there's some sort of psychotic break that she had been away for. But at first, you didn't know if it's, like, rehab or, like, what had happened with her. Yeah. But, but yeah. And, and then it just sort of kind of goes a little bit home invasion-y. But it never – that's where it sort of, like, is – I feel like it should be a little more fun. But it's sort of – the stakes don't feel as high to me. Maybe it's because I, you know, I've seen your next, and that is like the ultimate home invasion movie to me. Yeah, this really felt like like watching this, like, oh, and apparently it was New Line Cinema's first movie they actually produced themselves. Oh, okay. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, because before that they had just been a distributor, like they, you know, they distributed other people's movies, but this is their first production as a production company. So that's kind of cool. Um, but uh. And Lynn Shay, you know, Bob Shea, yeah. yep, she appears as uh, She's great. Uh, one of the patients at the hospital. Um, so but uh, no, this this movie has the feel of like I, I watched it last night. Uh, you know, it's kind of rainy and icky out. And this felt like the perfect sort of like when I was a kid, this would have been the kind of thing you find on cable to watch on a rainy, icky sort of night. So it just felt uh, perfect. But at the same time, yeah, it doesn't feel like too uh intense or anything it's just kind of a fun 80s you know a horror movie trapped in the house movie yeah there's one sort of fake out with the sister a scare that happens and i jumped that was a good mm. one but mm-hmm. it wasn't real it was just yes. in her head yep that's um, a, that that's an I awesome that. scene that is uh but that yeah the stakes just don't feel as high to me i think there's some really good scenes and i think the acting is good but as far as this like you know when Patients attack. I don't feel that it. It all sort of feels anticlimactic to me. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies where it very much feels like it's all going to work out in the end. It's kind of like you already have that kind of figured out, you know, going into it. Like tonally, that's the kind of movie it feels like. So, um, but I, I did want to say they do have that segue where they go. They have enough time to go take in a punk band. Yep. performance at a punk club of a band called the sick fucks who that's an awesome band name who might be a real band i was just looking online i think they might have been a real band in the 80s so that's kind of cool and then it ends at a club as well so it's like yep and i think that last scene is awesome <laughs> that last <laughs> scene is it's so weird but it is perfect it's like just a great punctuation to the story and the way it literally the last moment is so great it's yeah. so great. Yeah, it's just it's it's it like works. Jack Talents' face is just so good, and it's like, what's gonna fucking happen here? Yeah, and it just that's it, and that's it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and I liked that that girl's like, isn't this band really pink? And it's like, what does pink mean? But I'm and you're like, she's just it. she's just high as fuck. Oh, so. she's so high. Yeah, but it's awesome. 
did. Now I don't want to get into it too much because I feel like it's a good watch if you haven't seen it. And I don't think a ton of people have. Yeah. But there's a twist in it at one point. And did you call that twist? Mm, no, actually, I don't. No? I didn't. Okay. No. Yeah. Because that's kind of fun. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Like, as it went along, like, I know I've seen this movie. And I know the scenes from Terror in the Isles super, super well. But, like, I thought I remembered another scene that takes place and that never happened. So I must be getting it mixed up with another film. Yeah. Um, like, I, I could, like, envision it. Like, as it was going, I'm like, oh, and I think this scene's going to happen. Like, a scene that happens in, like, a bedroom. Like, a mm-hmm. dark scene. And it just never happened. So... Who knows? Alternate dimensions, another film. Who knows? Maybe all. Maybe a different film in an alternate dimension. Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, yeah. your alternate Brandy Joe saw that movie in the yep. reality he lives, but somehow got broadcast to your brain. So. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to say about it? Well, I did look it up real quick, and yeah. I'm not sure which came first. I just looked up the years, but this came out the same year as Friday the 13th Part 3. Uh, oh so yeah in the same year you had two movies with a psycho killer wearing a hockey mask so but he literally puts it on for one second like he doesn't like you don't see him with it again right it's just in that yeah one moment. it's just like that he's... one scene but it's kind of cool to think like oh yeah. i guess people are on the same wavelength because then part yeah. three of friday the 13th is where they introduced the iconic hockey mask so yep, yeah yeah all right well that's it that's it uh i don't know what to do this rating out of out of five hockey masks that appear in one scene sure <laughs> one one timer hockey masks uh, i give it four you give it four okay i'm gonna give it three i think it's fine i think the acting's good i almost want to go another half but i'm not gonna i'm gonna go three just do it i'm doing it and that is a scare of approval scare of approval yeah cool all right. Well, let's move onward. You downward. know what? Yeah, you know what time it is. I do. But I really not chat. But the chat. That's where we just need that theme music playing all, all the time because that's part of what makes this movie. Uh, all right. Moving on to Chud Two. Bud the Chud, directed by David Irving, uh, and the tagline. And you guys already know this chuds for you. <laughs> and the description is a military experiment to create a race of super warriors goes awry as legions of murderous zombies are unleashed upon a suburban neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Have at it. So, I mean, well, you already told me that this is like a failed return of the living dead sequel or something yeah like that's how it started life it was supposed to be a return of the living dead sequel makes total sense Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like yes because they don't even have glowing eyes they just have sharp teeth like they don't even look like the chuds no they don't even look like the chuds maybe like the closest you get is like after just rewatching chud the first one there's Mm -hmm. the guy that's like turning into a chud uh, and the zombies sort of like with the teeth, they sort of resemble that guy. So I guess and they mentioned the first movie in the beginning by going like, this is why we kept him in a sewer for a reason, you know, and you're like, oh, OK. But 
but that's it. That's like all the connection to the original movie there is. Yeah, and the the main poster you see for it is the one with like all of the chuds like coming out of the manhole, which also just doesn't track. Yeah. But I like I think the original poster, which is the one I'm using in our artwork for those channels that carry the uploaded artwork. Yeah. Uh is the one where they're like in the truck and you see like the eyes. Yeah, that one that one's that awesome. One is relevant and works. It, and the license plate on the truck says too hungry. <laughs> how is hungry spelled though is it like h-n-g-r-y no it's actually hungry spelled out but it's the number two okay okay yep. like this movie's like dumb like it's yes. just dumb it's very dumb kind of fun but like i feel like if i'd have watched it as a kid in the 80s i might have enjoyed it you know yeah it's I... just stupid it's just dumb humor Yes, I feel like this is a movie that, like, somehow, like, I've seen Chud 2 too many times in my life, as opposed to, like, Chud 1, where I've only seen it, like, a few, like, my history with Chud 1 was, like, we rented it, I remember, from the video store, thinking, like, oh, look at this cover, this looks awesome, and then it's this slow burn thing that we're like, okay, that was boring, Uh, and then I, like, didn't revisit it until, like, adult life, like, just a handful of years ago to be, like, I remember this being boring, but, you know, some people talk it up. Maybe I should watch it again and be like, it's okay. But Chud 2 was on cable all the time when I was in high school, especially around Halloween, because it's technically set on Halloween. Right. So I think that's why, but it would always be on cable. And I remember watching it, like, I remember it being a movie I would tell, like, my college, when I was in college, like, oh, Chud 2 is on, put that on, like, when we were, you know, partying and looking for something stupid to watch. Because uh, everyone would be like, this is so bad, but what is this? So I've seen Chud 2 too many times. So I have some nostalgia attached to it. It was fun to see Robert England just walking across the street. Just in a scene, just hanging out. <laughs> I wonder how that happened. And also now that I've seen this enough times, like recently, uh, in the past month alone, uh when they're in the mall too, there is a uh, like a hand drawn Freddy Krueger like decoration oh. up in one of the windows too that I noticed. So yeah, I really love the music. I mean, I love the theme song is great. I know Lauren sent it before. It is so so good, and I like that they just use it with its just instrumental qualities yep. throughout the film. Like it is, it's a banger. It is. I have the. I have the the vinyl, the record of, <laughs> of the soundtrack, do. and it's awesome. It's just like a lot of synth stuff, and then that that Rocky Bud the Chud theme song, which is so eighties and perfect. There's so little blood, though. Like there I wish it, it was bloodier and gorier. Yeah, I read online that apparently the director, there's a cut of the movie that emphasized the gore. There was another, he did like an alternate cut that emphasized the humor. And then there was a third cut for television. Uh, But I think the movie that like came out, I was reading was actually like a weird amalgamation of all three of them is what ended up happening. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like, well, they never kept that stuff with some of these older movies. So I bet there's like a lost like gore version of this movie. That's probably Mm -hmm. just the tapes have probably been destroyed at this point. And everyone is always, so, so there's a, the, this body that's a, a chud in the beginning and somehow these kids get a hold of it 
and they needed a body. I don't even know. It's all so convoluted and silly. But it's a weird high school like comedy movie. Like yeah, on it's one almost hand. like it's almost like Weekend at Bernie's. Is yes, like the feeling it has, but with a zombie. But with a zombie, and instead of it being dead, it's being brought to life. It comes so back they, to life. They like bring it back to life, and they think because of their mom's bubble bath and uh, a hair dryer that he just like happens to use to hair dry his face. Like it's just so weird. Um, but. This chud comes to life, starts biting dogs and people, and everyone starts turning into a chud. So it just sort of feels like a zombie movie. Yeah. Um, but like, so there's this like large group of zombies walking around just looking for people to eat, I guess. But everyone, because it's on Halloween, keeps going, wow, great costumes. And I'm like, are they? <laughs> like, they're just people. Like, you can barely tell like they're monsters because you, you kind of have to look at their teeth yep. to know that they're like jagged shark teeth. Yep, exactly. They're just but people with like great costumes and that little kid is really poorly dubbed bitch in costume yeah i love the the chud dog chud dog <laughs> is cute yeah especially when it just drags the mailman away like that sequence is like oh my god yeah silly and the guy who plays bud mm-hmm. is garrett i want to say is his name garrett graham and he's from gross point oh is he yeah, and he's in um, Phantom of the Paradise, right? He's the Phantom. Yeah, he's in Phantom of the Paradise. He's in... Well, no, he's not the Phantom. Oh, he's not. He, he plays... Oh, right, B- right, He's the one who gets the, the, in yeah. the shower, right? Yeah. Yes, he plays... The, his character's named Beef. Got it. In yes. Phantom of the Paradise. Okay. He's in that. He's in Terror Vision. He's mm. in uh, a few other like horror movies of note from the 80s. He's in a bunch of Star Trek. Like He's a very accomplished uh, character actor. And I think like he adds a lot to Bud because Bud is an endearing character and it's entirely like his performance that makes it. So I just prefer whatever the character's name is from Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Bub. Bub. I will take Bub any day because there's... Yeah some more pathos there there's yeah. some deeper layers much more yeah but a but, similar vibe but bud's just like funny because like just funny which i he, just uh yeah he gets his haircut he gets the sport coat when he's like walking around i, I don't know there's points in this movie where you're like i would rather it take a turn to just be like now he's a zombie like trying to reintegrate into society like that's what i want to see like something like that that would have been funnier and the lead kid is from head of the class. And I think he's just kind of weird looking like his dorky friend, Kevin is actually like the hot one. Kevin's yeah. like super hot, but he's wearing glasses. So you don't know. It's so like, he's a nerd. Yeah, it's like, she's all that. Right. But if yep. you took off those glasses, you'd be like, fuck. I mean, I still thought that, but, mm-hmm. but I know that that's what they were doing. They're like, he's the yep. nerdy one. But Put glasses on him. Now he's, a, now he's an ugly nerd. <laughs> Yeah, and then you also in the beginning there is that mean nurse from Nightmare on Elm Street three mm-hmm. who's in like that those opening scenes. Priscilla Pointer is her name. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I thought that was fun. I liked seeing her because I'm like, how do I know that face? She is evil. Yeah, and then the girl's just dumb. Katie, I just don't care for her. She's just no. bad. She's like, I'm gonna get an A in body snatching. Yeah, she's unfortunately just there. Like they didn't give her a lot to work with. Yeah, no. The boys have it all, but really it's yep. Bud. It's Bud's movie, okay? It's, it's Bud. It's Bud's movie, and uh, there's just so much, like, weird stuff. Like, the army, like, the general and the government guys, like, they have some of the uh, weirdest dialogue, though, in there, where he's just, like... the worst. Back, back in my day, 
if I stole a corpse, my father would have taken me out to the woodshed. They don't have woodsheds anymore, sir. Like, it's just the weirdest. Some of the weirdest. <laughs> attempting dialogue. to be funny, but it's like becomes funny because most of it's so stupid and bad. I don't know. This is a great movie. I think if y'all are into that, have some beers, like smoke a J or two. And like you would probably and with friends, you'd probably have a blast clowning on this thing. Yeah, if it's like your thing, like yep. you. If you're into that, if y'all way into it, you'd enjoy it. <laughs> yep, I thought uh, I, that makes perfect sense that you have seen many times and enjoy this film. Yeah. Oh, it's so me. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so like, so like, this is like teenage Jeremy, like sweet spot for just, yeah. we were always trying to find the stupidest movies. And this was one of them. I'm a hungry man. I'm a did you hungry see, man. Did you see the post credit scene? I did. I did watch it I this mean, it's time. Boring. It's just yeah. him saying, good night. <laughs> yeah, I have a good night or something yeah. like that. And I was like, what? So I don't know, man. What a ride. And then I think at one point there's a dig. Someone says, your mother looks like Humphrey Bogart or something. And I thought that was a decent line. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. I've now seen this. I've now watched this twice in less than a month. So I feel oh like that's, God. I think your doctor would recommend you not do that. Like, I think this, that's unhealthy. Unless your doctor is Donald Pleasance and then maybe. Then he might. might. Yeah, he you might. might, you might be looking for a breakthrough there. Or Donald Pleasance, as he is referred to in some video I watched online. Pleasance? Isn't that weird? She called that him is... Donald Pleasance. Okay. They, what? <laughs> I think she was Australian. So okay. I'm Donald blaming Pleasance. it on that. Pleasance. Pleasance. Come on now. Hmm. Well, that's about all I have to say about that. Also, though, I do love these supposed to be like doctor scientific characters using the words chuddified and chudism, like their actual scientific phrases where they're yes. like, they'll spread the chudism through their yes. body. <laughs> like when the enzymes enter the body, I'm like, oh my God. They just said chuddified. I couldn't stop laughing when I heard that the first time. So, oh, chuddified. Yep. So, I don't know. I think Chuds are primed for a comeback. Where's When's somebody going to make the requel of Chud that first, you got to like make Chud and Chud 2 make sense together somehow, and then make Chud 3. Or just forget Chud 2 and just do... You could. The requel. But, but I feel I like... I would watch it. I think they should get Bud in there fighting the Chuds from the first one. Mm, okay. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> or just name one of the Chuds, Bud. So. Sure. Yep. Anyway. So, out of five chuddified brains. I'm going to give it two. And I give it three. Oh. <gasps> Split scream. Oh, we haven't had one of those in a while. Feels good. Just to just get split right open like that. Yep, just to get that sound effect in there as we are split down the middle. Thank you, Nick the Knife. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. Two films, or rather a film each that we can now check off our list of now I've seen it. And that's exciting. Yeah. And I did want to point out that with this, we've now completed another series. We've watched all the Chuds there are. Yeah. Chud 1 and Chud 2. What else have we done? Cat People. I think that's the other series we've watched every entry. Yeah. And that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. I felt like we had it with another one. Where... No. maybe No, no, I don't think so. I Man, think that's it. 
there's a few there's a couple other series we're almost there i should push them through to completion uh, so gross <laughs> i know what some of them are and i don't want to i don't uh, i don't want to but i also <laughs> but i kind of do want it oh, so whoa well write to us scaring and sharing at gmail.com slide into our insta dms scaring and sharing all one word and thank you for listening. You are terrific. And we appreciate you. Are you are terrific. And I hope, uh, uh, Lauren, we have now done Chud 2. Thank uh, you, Lauren. Hopefully you'll give this a rewatch too. Because um, I remember, I think she said uh, that she doesn't even remember the movie, just the theme song. So it's uh, a banger. You know, give it, give it another watch. And we want to hear your thoughts too. Yeah. Or don't. You don't have to. You don't have to listen yeah. to us. I mean, yeah, you, you choose to you listen. Want. You choose to listen to us. But you don't. We're not the boss of you. That's right. That's right. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for coming. And remember to hail Paymon. <laughs> remember, guys, this chud's for you. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.